0: Welcome to the life beyond the lens podcast the podcast where we talk to artists about the things that push them motivate them and inspire them to create Welcome to the life beyond the lens podcast. I'm your host Ken Nelson And uh, I got the pleasure of having two of my homies my brothers on this podcast I've been wanting to do um a podcast with them for a little while We have a lot of conversations just great conversations um talking for hours about film life art commerce like all kinds of things man family like when we just i wanted to get them on a the podcast to have you know some of these conversations um and things that inspire me about their work and what they do um and what i'm learning from them I'm, i want you guys to uh learn and to be inspired as well and so this is going to be a great conversation i have my homie zach cunningham and charles kennedy jr on the podcast what's up fellas what's good
1: what's going on bro? man Chilling.
0: man i'm glad to have y'all so i'm I'm already like this is probably gonna be a two-parter podcast because we be, we be talking for a minute man when we yeah. when we have phone calls or we texting like them threads be super long and so i know this is probably gonna be like a you know a two-parter the topic i mean it's is probably going to branch off into a lot of different topics, but the topic that we're going to be talking about today is something that, I mean, I, I I was, we were talking before the podcast a little bit about um inspiration and just like creating from where, where are you creating from? What place are you creating from? And, and, and what's your voice. And so I, I just, I wanted to have them on because, you know, I, I've been watching what they're doing, the work that they're doing. And these brothers, they create from such an authentic place. I've just been inspired by them. And it's, 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 uh allowed me to kind of look at, why I create and why um, I do what I do. I just wanted to get on inside the these conversations, man. But first, first, first off, I just want to ask you guys, uh, what are y'all watching?
2: So I'm I'm going through this. Uh, so I keep a I keep a Steven Soderbergh style list of like what I consume, and I've been doing it for the last like year and a half now. So I'm right now. I'm on this run of foreign films. So I watched um, like portrait of a lady on fire an elephant standing still or sitting still lahane wild strawberries and the host like just a bunch of like (laughs) just a bunch of foreign language films from different parts of the map like so i don't know what's really going on with me while i'm like all up in in the foreign language uh the foreign language space right now but um but that's yeah that's that's what i've been watching i've just been watching a bunch of Stuff from the the Eastern Hemisphere, and I just started uh Waco, the Netflix series. Oh, I saw uh, that. how's that? that? It's good. I'm 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 an episode and a half in. It's good so far. Um, I've always I've been I'm I'm like real into like cults. Like they fascinate me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just uh just um that one yeah I had I had to watch that joint when I figured out what it was.
0: No, like I think. The cults, what I mean, what fascinates me about cults are like, I always wonder how can a, one person like have control over that many people, yeah. that many individuals? Like, and you know, I, I'm like, how can you have, I mean, that level of brainwashing where you can just control people like that? I mean, we, and so, I mean, that's always fascinates me. Like, what, what, how do you get that like type of influence? Like, what are you t- saying to people? And, 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 and I think that's what, I love about. I think we were watching. What was it? Um, Tiger King. I mean, Tiger King is kind of like it's like oh, yeah. cult stuff. Like I'm like, how do these people just like controlling folks like that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, but anyway, that's 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 uh, that's cool, man. I I think Jack. What are you watching right now? Um, I
1: mean, kind of like this on the same stuff that Charles is on. Um, I I mean, quite frankly, bro. Like when it comes to films, like I pretty much exclusively watch either old films or foreign films, just being honest. Um I just generally don't have an interest in like newer stuff. I did watch the Free Ray Sean thing on Quibi or Quibi, I don't know what it's called. Um Quibi um the other day. Um and uh but honestly man, I haven't been watching a lot. Like I watched like an Elephant Sitting Still. Um I'm planning on watching uh, Sling Blade and A Ghost Story for research. Both of those films for research. Um, uh, Sling Blade is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I've kind of been, I've kind of been kind of like trying to stay away from watching a lot of films to right now, like. Even me and Charles will be talking about scripts or whatever and he'll be like, Have you seen such and such I'm like, Bro, I'm not taking no references right now. Because <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I think it's Man. 'cause I think it's sometimes good just to uh like just to be like, okay, like to not have like a Ingmar Bergman shot that you have like like I wanna recreate that shot. Like, no, like just come up with your own shot. And that's kinda like kinda like a challenge to myself and just know that I'm kinda doing what I'm doing from like just the most creative space that I can do it like so it kind of like um forces me to I guess like unlock certain things in my head creatively so um yeah a lot of foreign films uh oh I've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary that I'm missing right now thanks man. to Kenneth Nelson. oh, oh you
0: know but you said you've been asleep though you've yeah. been sleeping I stay up
1: for Jordan I stay up for Jordan <laughs> um and what else man um i mean that's really it man i you know and i've been watching a lot of a lot of blippy because my son watches blippy all the time man. so so that's a youtube a show youtube kid show that he loves so
0: man is exactly hurt my feelings though because i was i've been i've been up on quibi for i um I'm, i've been watching quibi stuff like because they quick and short i watch them in between i'm taking breaks you know um in between working or uh just whatever, like, before I go to sleep, I've been watching these Quibi episodes. And uh, for y'all, I don't know who, what Quibi is. It's, like, an app that just came out um, that has nothing but, like, all this stuff is, like, 10 minutes or less. So they have, like, series, reality show, uh, game show, stuff, whatever, but it's all under 10 minutes. And so I've been watching, like, binging on these series on Quibi because I'm, I'm in kind of, like, a short-form content uh, phase right now. And I been telling Zach to watch Free Sean. I'm like, man, it's dope with Lawrence Finchburn and this other dude. I can't remember his name, but I was like geeks. I'm like, bro, you need to watch Free Ray Sean. And Zach texts me back and said, I don't find the story that intriguing. And I think the cliffhangers feel kind of for it. I was like, man, my, I had the saltiest face. I'm like, dude, I've been picking this up for so for so long. And I'm like. Dang, I'm like, dang, Zach. Then came back, and I feel all no. It's I be laughing though, man. I think that's your
1: fault. I think that's your fault. (laughs) The reason I say that is because I remember the same thing happened with Get Out. Like, like everybody was saying how great Get Out was, and when I first saw Get Out, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it. Like, I thought it was cool. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was like timely, but I thought like it kind of is like okay, it's like a film made for like black people to love. Like, so. I got it from that standpoint but I didn't like it and so it took me like to see Get Out like for like a second and third time to like really because sometimes yeah. of get trapped into that hype same thing with Black Panther now I mm-hmm. kind of stand by my opinions on Black Panther but like it was just like the hype was so enormous that going into it I'm not really a big Marvel movie fan anyway so like I was like, okay, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but it's not like as groundbreaking as everybody's saying it is, you know. So,
0: so do you think you go in like to be like? So sometimes, man, I'll go in and want to be opposite. Like, I sometimes i will be like, man, everybody get hyping it up. I'm about to go in with that bias. Like, I'm about to just be opposite. No, I, and no, I and no, I'm a little more critical.
1: It's not even that. It's I want it to be good. Like that's the thing. Like, bro, I'm gonna give everybody a chance. Like, I'm not. Like, I would say, like, hey, man, like my so look this is reality like when i talk to my friends and stuff about things like my influences just aren't in mainstream stuff mm-hmm. the things that i generally mm-hmm. like so if you know me you know like i like 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 naz is my favorite rapper scarface tupac and even going in i'm gonna talk about like underground rappers who you've like never heard of Charles know that because we talk about hip-hop all the time so like jazz Mm -hmm. same thing like a lot of people don't listen to jazz like it's just kind of been my like that's I've always been intrigued by the things that kind of float under the radar but that have like very very like strong loyal audiences Mm -hmm. um so that's just kind of always been my thing so it's it's just going to take more from a mainstream movie, not just because of, like, the marketing dollars behind it, but simply because of the form. Like, the way in which mainstream movies are told, like, the fact that every Netflix series looks exactly the same. You know, like, for somebody like me who watches, like, all these foreign films and all these different films where you got people just kind of just putting into it and they're not worried about those things, the stuff that they make is just, it's just different. So, like, of course when I'm talking to somebody who like literally, like me and Jeremy used to always talk about, Jeremy loves going to the movies with a big box of popcorn and like watching IMAX, whereas like I like watching movies on my TV with headphones on. You know what I'm saying? Like That's just my way of watching it. It's not to be critical or anything like that. It's just, again, I just think I'm just being me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think hearing that, like I used to watch, man. Um, I used to, I was to do that. Would go to the video store. You know, when video stores is popping like that, like I would go get like five movies and and a for, a lot of foreign films. I used to watch a lot of foreign films and a lot of Japanese anime, a lot of just um just like French, all kinds of films. And I would use it to. I think some of my stuff now that I make, I really um. Try to take some of that and let. I love their storytelling. Like the storytelling, um, and a lot of other countries is just top notch. Like they don't, they don't try to use. You know, um, they take their time and they really develop the the story. And it's just, I just always.
2: And they're actually about people. Yeah, like most. I think yeah. that the thing, the thing that, I think the thing that draws me to foreign foreign language films more than you know, like obviously visual style and things like that, is just that each, like I I was saying this, I was saying, me and Zach was talking about this the other day, we were saying like, you know, at the end of most foreign films, it's like there is no, there is no definite resolution, like it just, life life just kind of continues to go on, like these people they get, they either fail or succeed at their goal, and whether they do or not, life is still going to go on, and it's like it, it, it's almost like you're watching a time capsule or like, uh, you know, like you're, you're, you're actually getting a, a sneak peek into someone's life. Right. And that's just that's just interesting to me because I'm just inherently interested in people. So like just foreign language film, just having that humanity about them. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, I think that's I think that's 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 what pulls me in.
0: Man, you said something interesting. Like you said, they don't they it's about the endings like like mm-hmm. that's one thing that if you watch my body of work like from all my work uh <laughs> my endings are never they're not horrible sad endings but they're so open-ended most of my endings of mm-hmm. my, my short films my feature film brenda like my recent film you know um, my recent recent episode in i vow like it's just open-ended like because i just feel like i used to always kind of hate it was like a love hate relationship with the movies, cause you, cause some of those films, like you know, you wanted you wanted to end with the guy get the girl, whatever he saves her, you wanted to end that way, but then at the same time I get mad when it ends that way, like yeah. and so, um, I always wanted to to just end it like on a note where people had to say, man, okay, well, what now? What happens? Like, okay, they they. they were happy kind of but it was kind of open and they could fall apart like maybe they didn't work out like 30 minutes after the movie ended maybe it did I don't know but um I always all of my stuff man I, and that's what I loved about the foreign films it's just they weren't afraid to take the chances with the storyline and and the characters were just so real and like you said like shots and and the way they move the camera it was just a lot of like chances and they were so daring And American films most of them that I watched I mean I enjoyed them but they They didn't take a lot of risks, like it was like this is the formula, this is what people like
2: yeah you know yeah, they and, they follow they definitely follow a a blueprint like it's all about you know x y z whereas overseas they're just doing what they feel like they just you know like this is what I feel and i'm gonna do it whereas we're chasing a you know chasing a chasing a form a, a blueprint, following a blueprint rather.
0: And so I know Affliction, you guys um, worked on that film together. Mm-hmm. And I know it was heavily influenced by a lot of um, foreign films. You have a lot of foreign references and things that just from what you posted and talked about, like what you guys um, with the research and, and certain um, films that inspire certain shots. And just talk, I mean, talk about that process, man. <laughs> like um, the Rastafari Brothers, man. Did I say that right? The Rastafari Yeah, the Rastafari. Rasta yeah. yeah. <laughs> So talk about um, I mean, just talk a little bit about that, man, and some of the films that did influence um shots or, or moments in mm-hmm. the film. Yeah, so
2: I'll say this. Uh it was either um I think it was it was either right yeah, it was it was right before production. And um like I'm doing, you know, I'm doing my doing my homework, you know, watching movies, you know, things like that. Zach Zach watches um Chung King Express, so he hits me up. He's like, "Bro, you need to watch Chung King Express. It's gonna change your life." And I'm like, "I'm like it's gonna change my life." I'm like, "Oh, I like I like that kind of talk." I'm like, "All right, well, let me let me check it out." And I watched it, and like it was just about like I can't I can't really tell you what the movie's about, but I can tell you what's happening in it, if that makes sense. Like I can tell you what the the characters are doing what they're feeling and things like that but I can't necessarily tell you what it's about if that makes sense but the way that it's the way that it's done the way that you 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 take in the characters and you you take in the situations and and what they're doing like the camera I feel like the camera like was in a space and the 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 characters are able to move around in it so a lot of it felt like a lot of a lot of those a lot of a lot of films feel like um they feel like you're like watching in on somebody, you know, like you're peeking in on somebody. And so like, just taking that, that thought and, um, you know, really keeping the themes of the film in mind with like isolation, um, like just the internal, the internal struggle, um, you know, the, 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 the sadness, the depression, the despair that he feels being in the situation that he's in, um, I just wanted to try to make the camera, you know, just kind of capture that without it being forced. So there's just, there's a lot of shots where, there's one shot in particular where we're like, well, two shots where we're just we're like peeking through a door, um, like, you know, peeking through um, a door frame. There's one scene where we're outside, the, we're outside his room, the main character's room, and he has a curtain up on his, uh, he has a curtain that covers his room. He doesn't have a door. And so we're peeking in between the curtain and the wall, like in there on him as he's, you know, moving around his room and doing what he's got to do. And we don't cut like what the intention is to not cut, but mm-hmm. it's like, it just like when you, you know, when you just kind of place the camera in a situation and just kind of let characters be and let people feel, Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted from Affliction. And so, um, so that I was, you know, um, Juan Car Wire was definitely a huge, huge influence um in a lot of the shots. Um, Zach got mad at me a couple of times because I kept <laughs> I kept taking I kept I kept using the Juan Car wide shots and and um he kept calling me Juan Car Juan Car Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah Juan Car Wire was definitely he was a he was a big one. Um yeah, Michael Haneke and a more um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was, you know, that's, uh, kind of my, 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 where my inspiration, you know, foreign inspiration came from. It's funny. I had never watched so it. was watched just a that. lot of different, a lot of different, you know, a lot of different people.
0: People. I had never seen a One Car White film, uh, and I watched, I was doing research for, um, the anthology series that I vowed, and One Car had a short film in this, in this film called, uh, Eros. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was it was Wong Kar-wai, uh, Steven Soderbergh, like a young Steven Soderbergh. And then um, I can't remember the third director, but I watched this film and it was about a woman that uh, it's, her youth was fading. And she she had like this. I don't know if you guys have seen it.
1: Right. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's just that was my first time watching a Wong Kar-wai film. And although it, it was a short film. Like his style was just like the way he did to use the camera. And what I loved about it is like he, there was, there was a one shot in particular where I think the the guy was, uh he was measuring the woman for a dress and then she started filling my man up and the camera didn't, cut. it was just like, it, it stayed on there so long. It became uncomfortable and I, and I loved it. Like, those moments where you let a shot linger for too long and the person's just like, okay, do I look away? It's just, it's just, it's just not right. I think like we're sincerely Brenda, um, you know, it's low budget and we, we, you know, we had like very few resources. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do a lot of static shots because we just don't have the time to move the camera. And then I don't want to move it on a gimbal. And I, and I, you know, uh, we had some dolly shots, very slow, intentional dolly shots, but I, I just wanted to, play around with holding a shot for a long time and just letting people perform and letting things kind of get uncomfortable in certain moments. And so, yeah, man. Um, anyway, I just thought about that when you brought up one car I, I need to watch more of his stuff, but, um, but I wanted to transition though, like to just, you know, we had a conversation about the earlier work that we all, you know, did and, and, uh, at some point either like not creating from a uh, authentic space um or creating from I think this space and then losing that talk about your processes and then like maybe you know a time where you weren't creating in flow and what that felt like and how did you find your way back
2: man so my my process i think over the years i think i've gotten more um i've definitely gotten more organized for sure um and how i do things cuz <clears throat> i remember some of the first couple shorts that i made like I would just, I would just start with an idea. I wouldn't even write a script. I would just start with an idea. I would write some, like I would write some scenes down on a piece of paper, and then I would just, I would just do it. Um, <clears throat> and then as time went on, um, I took a screenwriting class actually in college, in my junior year, and we 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 learned the quote unquote proper way to uh to write. And so for a while I was writing very about a book like you come up with your idea or you have your character you you flesh it out um you know you do you do your 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 uh, paradigm document like make sure you hit all your beats um and then you write your script and then you do your revisions and whatever blah 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 so I was doing things like that for a while but now now like lately what's been happening to me is i've been i've been I've been dreaming of my ideas and I'll just write them down. So I have like, like me and Zach was talking about this earlier. Like I have like a just a bunch of just incomplete ideas right now. They're just like maybe a sentence or a scenario or whatever, and they have nothing else to them. Um so typically, typically I'll start with just that. That's how affliction happens. Affliction was just an idea. And then it just grew into a it just grew into a, a, a script and a film. Um, but now it's like, okay, I have my idea. now I need to figure out you know X, Y, Z about this you know about this idea who's the main person, what are they doing? what are they you know suffering from whatever what's their obstacle, what's their goal and then um, I'll write down a bunch of information about the character. I'll write scenes down. And then, um, what the conflict is in them, and then I'll go into the script and like actually write the script. So, I mean, I'm random because <laughs> I'm random because sometimes, like, I'll just, you know, I have a scene or, or a new character or whatever, and I just write it down and just add it in there, um, or whatever. So, I mean, does that answer the question? I feel like I was rambling. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's weird i think i'm still trying to figure out you know what that uh what that workflow like really looks like and how to how to articulate it because it's just so you know for me it just it just feels kind of it's always random like it's always it's always just random like what i'm like what i do what i think of and and things like that so uh yeah
0: (laughs) oh yeah And and i and i um have you ever like? Well, I'm, I'm gonna come back to asking you that question, Zach. Like, what about yours? I know the second part of the question was, like, you know, when you, you ever got off the path of creating and like you were kind of creating out of like, a, um, kind of out of alignment with who you are in the content, um, and how did you find your way back? But I'm gonna come back to you on that one, like, Zach. Like, okay. I know, um, yeah, your process has evolved; it has gone through different evolutions.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think my process is um like so first off when i when i started doing film it was always like it was kind of steeped heavily in poetry because that's what i came from so like i would literally like like my first short film is a poem that i wrote when i was 17 like i wrote the crack when i was 17 um just as a poem you know what i'm saying and then When me and Toya, LaToya Coates, started working on stuff together, I was like, oh, dude, I can actually do this film thing. And so I just took one of the poems that I had that was a story and I put it in the screenplay format and there it was. Um, So that was like kind of like the early process. I would just take a poem and then I would just look at the words and pick out certain things and then just try to just kind of just film what I saw, like, in my head um and I think that kind of lended itself to kind of like um the art being a little bit more unconventional unconventional um and so like as I started to learn more and learn like okay like oh you can do this you can do that like I just kind of like lean more into the um unconventional things um but as I as I um started to move forward it was like, okay, like I would write something or I would do something. And then I would always like worry myself like, damn, can I come up with something else? You know, like that was always my thing. Like, can I write something else? Can I, like, I always had like this fear like, man, I'm going to run out of ideas. I think um, Kendrick Lamar talks about it on his song called fear. He taught, he says, he says, he talks about the fear of losing creativity and I had that fear a lot. And so um, around the time when we were making a, uh, you better run. Um, I was working on other people's things and I hadn't like really written anything in a while. Um, but I had watched the movie belly and belly is like classic hip hop movie. Hype Williams only movie. Um, Malik Saeed has some of the best cinematography. I like that movie is incredibly, incredible visually. Um, and so it's at the end of the movie when, um, DMX is like, kind of like, um, pointing a gun at this kind of religious leader he's like hired to kill this religious leader and um i always thought like man what if he shot him right here you know what i'm saying what if he actually did shoot him and then i thought to myself i was like man the godfather is my favorite movie but there were no we don't we don't have many black films where like the characters just look they just dress really really nice like in The Godfather. Like, I remember The Godfather, too. I used to always, like... I used to want to dress like Michael Corleone when I was a senior in high school. Like, I used to wear suits to school because of The Godfather. <laughs> that's funny. I know. Hilarious. Wow. I used to wear ascots and stuff because of The Godfather. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, But then I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, it's not many Black films that show, like, characters like this. So, I mean, that's where You Better Run came from. And So, I just wrote. Like, it was no it was no like process, but we went through probably like 20 drafts of that. I wrote like probably like 20 drafts of that film, just trying to figure it out because of course the first one was a mess. I'm just writing down every idea I got. And then I got with Don and we just kind of rewrote it. We kind of made a story out of it. And then from there, you, you know, I mean, I, I consider myself to have a big imagination. So from there, it's like, okay, man, like, This could be a comic book. Oh, this could be like a trilogy. This is like this person has this name or this person has this backstory. Um, And so You Better Run, I think, was very influential in just how my process is today, because it was the first project that I think I created um, with that same spontaneity that I started out with. But at the same time, I created it with intention of being a filmmaker. When we made the Crack and Regrets, I didn't even think. I still didn't think of myself as a filmmaker. I didn't even know. Like I was still just shooting film, films with my homie. But when I started to work with, I worked with uh, Jeremy Don Snipes, Jeremy Brockman, DP Don Snipes, um, actor slash co writer slash co director whatever. Don was doing a little bit of everything for me at that point. Uh, Henry Franklin uh, Morgan Breon at the time I was working with, like, uh, I think Hugh, Hugh Dunn, he was in, you better run. It was a bunch of these actors. And so like I had to like kind of learn how to be like a professional on that film, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, I still had that spontaneity, but I had a little bit more intention behind it. And so, um, I would say since then, because I don't want to keep like rambling. Um, I think, I don't think that I have, like, a specific process. I think that different stories require different methods. My main thing that I try to do is, like, once I I start writing something, I try to finish it. So I was telling Charles this. Like, Charles knows in the last, what do you say, like, six months, Chuck, I've probably written, like, four feature scripts, three or four. Mm -hmm. Three or four feature scripts. You know what I'm saying? Just... And it's just been a matter of, like, I got an idea. I'm just making sure I'm sitting down every day and I'm finishing this joint. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think the methodology is going to always change. But, like, for me, it's just, like, I just try more and more as I get older to be disciplined in the craft because that's always been my thing, like, consistency. I would I would start some, but I wouldn't finish it. So, you know, just trying to finish it, uh, uh, finish things from now and – uh, you know the stories kind of come as they come. I don't know if that answers the question, Kim. But do you know no, answer the second it. part or no? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna say, this real quick, we can go because I, yeah, we can go yeah, into that. Like I, I was, man, I was, I was thinking about this old lost short film that I made. I don't think I never told y'all about this, and so I'm gonna see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. And my, it's 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 terrible, but <laughs> but <laughs> it was like I made this during a time of rebellion. Like I was in this acting workshop. And like, you know, um, this is when I was acting. Like I used to, I always want to go to Hollywood and act. But So I was doing this acting workshop and then it, it was a group of us that were like, kind of like disappointed with the workshop. And so we just kind of like all just, just went like rogue. And I had this idea for a short film. Well, it was a feature. It was really like a short, short feature really, because it ended up being like 60 minutes long. And so I, So, man, and it's crazy because it was about marriages. And so this was like years ago. And I just remember I was watching, this is when I was watching a ton of foreign films. So I was like, I'm about to, like you said, Charles, sometimes you get ideas and then it kind of forms from there. And so I had like this idea and this character. And I'm like, man, I'm about to be rebellious. And I'm about to have like this black dude. I'm gonna open up the film with this husband that's like, just like, he hasn't been like, Sexually satisfied, he's mad about some. He was dating this um, his wife had a child from another person, and they and, you know, and he wanted his own child with her, but she didn't want to have any more kids. So they had that issue. They were like struggling with that, and so my man was like, uh, going to a therapist about it. And this was man, this was back then. So I had this black dude in therapy, therapy, and this was no black, black, black men talking about that. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then my man was like, he was like, uh calling like these hotlines. Like, so he was, he was getting like call girls and, and, and it was twisted, bro. Like it, it was, the movie was kind of weird, but it opened up. The opening shot was my man in the bathroom, like kind of, you know, he, he was handling himself, staring at this number on the mirror, taped to the mirror. <laughs> so I was like, I was like watching a ton of foreign films. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to, you, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, I ain't seen no black dudes. And this is about to be groundbreaking. And so that was, that, man, I laughed oh at that because I went, I went, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I'm going I'm to find it and I'm going to let y'all watch it. Cause that's what's funny. Cause you see where my head was, but I laugh at that, man, because I was like all the way on the other side. Like I was just kind of like rebellious and like, I'm about to try to make my own f- like type of foreign film using, you know, um, characters that like, cause American films, I just weren't like that for me. I'm like, man, they're not taking chances. And so I'm about to take all kinds of chances in this film. It was terrible. But but but, but it's funny because I think about that and it was about marriages and I've always wanted to do a piece about marriage that was like kind of real and authentic and, you know, I think with the pieces out now, I vow like, you know, my episode is is kind of hitting that and it's still like scratching the surface and I want to explore it even more. You know, and so I like so I'm saying I, I was kind of on that track years ago, got off the track, you know, just kind of working and doing a lot of corporate video and, and just doing a lot of work for other people. You know, and I kind of lost my own voice. And um and so I'm slowly coming back to it. Like and I think I don't know, I think it's just me just opening, just allowing myself to be open. Um And Zach, you said something the other day you were like your voice, you don't find your voice, the voice finds you, you know? And so I think trying to allow myself to just be open for that voice, you know, to find for the idea to hit me and not to, I don't know how to say it, man, but I think just being open and ready and willing to just, you know, submit to like the voice when it comes, you know, I think, and, and just do, do the work. And then um, that's how I guess I'm finding my voice. as I'm getting my voice back. Uh, but talk about that man like when y'all again fell off the, fell off the track and was doing stuff that really wasn't in alignment with who you are
2: well I think I think for me I think for me um, so when I when I got into when I seriously got into doing film um, I did a 48hour film challenge back in 2010 and um, those those are like all we did like I think I did like 10 like 10 uh 48s in like three years like it was it was nuts like we were I was doing 48s like crazy um but when I would do like because we would do the 48s and you still kind of have that you know that itch to just want to do something I think a lot of my early stuff was just out of like I have something to say I got this imagination now I know that I can get it out using a camera. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it like this. So all of my early stuff was just like, man, I got this idea to do it. I need to do it. Like, I need to, you know, I need to do this. And it doesn't really matter if, if people watch it or not. But I need to, you know, I need to do it because I got something to say. And um, and, um, and so up to probably from, like, 2010 to 2014, like that's, that's what I was doing. And I got my first corporate job um, working with Roush Performance in 2015. And I think, I think from 2015 to like early 2017 and the 2016 um, was when I fell off the boat, um, like getting into, getting into the corporate, you know, the corporate world. Um, you know you get the benefits you get the 401k you get the you get the salary you know you work in marketing so you get to drive the company car every now and then and then you meet in all these you know you meeting all these commercial like these commercial artists um, and they telling you like yeah man I get to travel all over the world and just take pictures and, and I make money from this and this is all I'm doing like it just it sounded so much more attractive than filmmaking did at the time. So, because it's like, all right, I get to create and be who I am, while also making money and being secure. And so, I thought about it. I'm like, man, it's it, it was almost like, it was almost like I, I had to make a decision. Like, do you want to do you do you want to continue to create and make money and you know have you know have a living, have a you know have a life, or do you want to go this route and not you know not really have nothing so I pretty much abandoned (laughs) for real like you for real man like (laughs) it makes this
0: life sound so terrible
2: like (laughs) but but, man it's not for the faint of heart man I'll say that it's not for the it's it's not for the faint of heart but um but no but but that was but but that was my that was my my attitude at the time my attitude was like go the corporate route or go you know go the other way and, you know, have everything be uncertain because I, use, you know, I say nothing, but that just means like for me, like uncertainty because it's not like physically like tangible, like, OK, like this is a short sure thing. So I felt like I fell off, like I fell off bad. I didn't make a film. I didn't work on a 48. I didn't do anything but corporate stuff from that year, two year, uh, that two year period. And then um my grandma my grandma passed away at the end of the end of 16 she yeah she died in december and um and she had um she died of she died of uh, alzheimer's disease so like just going through like grieving her death going through therapy for the first time like you know i thought back to um you know i thought back to affliction um at the time it was titled something else i don't want to say what it is cuz you know it's kind of it's kind of derogatory the title um looking back at it in hindsight i didn't think it was in hindsight but i was you know like still learning um but the you know affliction what it originally was like that came back to you know came back to my 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 you know my 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 mind and we had tried to produce it like two we tried to produce it twice and it didn't you know it didn't work um but it was something you know it was it was just going through losing my grandma who was like my second mom who I probably spent more time at her house than anybody else's house outside of my own house like I was I was at grandma's house all the time and so um you know losing her was real tough so like I look back at affliction and that was like okay, we got this guy, he's, you know, he's suffering from mental health. And the message in this is to try to get people to take their mental health more seriously. And then it started to get more personal. It was like, man, if we, if we had taken my grandma's condition more seriously at the time, like at the time she was in the early stages, would that have helped her live longer? Would she have, you know, had a little longer of life? Like, would we be able to, you know, save her? And so, just doing affliction like it brought me back to the place of creating for other people to get something from and in turn for me to be able to continue to to grieve and heal for my grandma like it was very therapeutic writing affliction doing like producing affliction editing it and you know after we finished it and that whole you know like seeing people's responses and coming to me and saying, like, you know, like, man, affliction really helped me out. Like, I'm, you know, I want to go to therapy or, you know, different things like that made me, brought me back, like, it brought me back to, you know, wanting to create, figuring out how can I continue to do this and really realizing, like, I'm not meant for the corporate, you know, corporate life. Like, I'm not meant for that. Like, I have terrible issues with authority. Um, I need freedom with my creativity and I can't like handle people looking at my stuff and then picking out something that doesn't even matter and saying we need to do this better. And I just I couldn't take it. So. So that that all brought me back to, you know, wanting to be able to create freely, being able to say what I say, what I, you know, is, is on my heart to say and feeling like hopefully through the work, like somebody will feel like they have a voice. So um yeah that that period from 2015 to 20 early uh 2017 was uh you know that was that was that was where i was i was off the boat for sure and my grandma brought like, me back so man, she brought you back yeah yeah shout out to my grandma man <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: so what
0: about you, that you
1: yeah um i don't know man um I can't even say I ever really fell off like that, to be honest. Like, I feel like that's kind of been, I feel like that's been the, um, I feel like that's been, I feel like that's been the best thing of of this story, uh, of my story in film so far is the fact that I haven't really fallen off. And I think, That is, um, I think why I'm still doing it. Cause I think, I think if I fell off, i probably would just stop all the way. Like just being honest, like I can't, I guess because there's so much stuff that you have to retain so much information. You got to keep up with everything like creatively. And then you got to keep up with the industry and just like how you, you know, we, we've been talking recently about like how you can release your stuff. um, but I can tell you, like, a moment of, like, I would say probably, like, a a few months of, like, where I think my priorities changed a bit, um, where I started to um, potentially depend on the lottery ticket. And that was directly after Little Church. You know, after Little Church, we... um a uh, studio executive like loved Little Church, right? He was at the premiere for all that stuff. Uh, big executive, big executive. He's the VP of uh, Columbia. And um, so after he met with me and Jeremy, and he was just like, hey, like, I really like this. I can see this getting made as a feature, blah, blah, blah. Like, all you gotta do is send me the script, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I I can see this person producing it. He's naming all these names. I don't know who the hell he's talking about. Just being honest. Um, but you know, again, if you tell if somebody's telling you that, you know, essentially, I wouldn't even say going to Hollywood is my dream because it's not. But if somebody's telling you that, like, hey, you can get a sizable amount of money to make your film. It's not like I'm getting the money, but we can make we can make a film, this film, then yeah, I'm like, I'm excited about that. So, um, I started to, um, correspond with them pretty continuously, uh, after that with the, uh, hope and goal in mind to, uh, potentially like get my film made out in LA or whatever, well, it would get made here, but the money would come from LA and, you know. I probably sent like five or six drafts to Sony back and forth, got coverage. They're like, hey, we can see this in screen gems, blah, blah, blah. Like, I literally still have all the emails. But the problem was that, like, what I learned is that, like, even though they loved Little Church and even though they, they were like, oh, man, Little Church is great, they really didn't want what made Little Church great in the movie that I was trying to make. Like they wanted me to make like a mainstream black film. They wanted me to make a safe, a safe film. You know what I'm saying? And I, and what I realized is like, it wasn't about my art. It was more so about me being like a, you know, I would say me and Jeremy were like a very, uh, sellable tandem. You know, you got the, black director dp combination from detroit you know they're making these films they kind of they start off their first film they made together was for 200 dollars. it was a good story behind the story um but once it got to actually like you know actually like sending the scripts and all that like they wanted me to make something that wasn't necessarily me and the executive kept it a buck with me he was just like he was like man, i think you can do it he's like i think you're talented you're you 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 got the work ethic you you just need the right project he's like but what he did say to me he was like man he was like bro if you really want to do if you want to do it that way if you want to do it your way then you better off just 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 trying to make your feature yourself you know what i'm saying because you do it our way that's not i don't necessarily know if that's for you because it is going to be our way you know and um you know, so I feel like during that time, I feel like I learned a lot of lessons. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I wasted a lot of time, too. You know, like I told Charles, I was telling Charles yesterday, ironically, like I feel like had I had little church done and I was already working on right on before that, like who knows what I could have had in tuck. you know what I'm saying, after that. So um, I would say like that was a time where kind of like. my priorities change. I've always been like a a independent, like wanting to go the independent route. But during that time, it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to go, maybe with this, I'll be willing to do something differently. And that's the thing. I could still send Sony scripts to this day, but I just have chosen not to because um, I know that what they want out of me, like unless I were to make a film that like, one at Sundance or something, like they're gonna want something very safe and just—I won't even say safe. They're gonna want something out of me that I'm not necessarily—that's not in my like uh wheelhouse to give them. You know what I'm saying?
0: So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because it's like, so what you what you say? Okay, you have that option, and you'd be like, okay, if you look at this, like, like so we had the conversation about art and commerce, right? So if you look at this as commerce, like you're like, okay, you know what? I I I'm willing to write the the commercial script to give me the access and and the and the resources to funnel back into my independent script. Or would you do that? Like you know what I'm saying, would you take the time to write what they want? Get that payday? Or do you feel like no, that's going to go against everything I am?
1: Well, I'm not I'm not saying like I'm like a rebel without a cause. Like I'm not I'm not like I mean I'm always for the uh for the anti-system type of mentality but I'm not stupid. You know what I'm saying? My thing is like I got a buddy who literally had funding set up. They had um they had funding set up. They had it like with producers for like 3 3 years. The script got locked up for 3 years. He wrote about 50 drafts to a feature script. Wow. and it never got done it just i just talked to them not too long ago and their script is shelved you get what i'm saying so like my thing is regardless yeah it's an option but it's still a lottery ticket you know what i'm saying like so it's like am i gonna waste the next three years basically hoping that someone will give me a chance you know what i'm saying and the script that maybe i won like when you when you get coverage from a when you get coverage from a studio they don't even like, they don't even attach you as a director to it. So I would just literally be a writer. It would have to be something special. Like, Hey, I wrote literature. Ch- I did the little church, um, you know, short film It won here, here, here. And then, you know, uh, you know, that it would have to be that. But a lot of the times people are, when you get coverage, they just, they, they say, I think at the bottom of it says, um, like writer recommendation. You know what I'm saying? Whether they recommend you as a writer. So even if you do it, you still not going to be like it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be directing that film. So it's kind of like, hey, am I going to I got homies who are out in L.A. They still haven't. They 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 went to school. They went to they had shorts and can or whatever. And they're still they might have got like a job at like own or ABC or, you know, Paramount or wherever. And they still haven't been able to do what they want to do because once you get into that cycle, you're in that cycle and i'm not I'm not in this to get a job like I don't want no job in film like that's why i like, i don't that's not what I'm trying to do like that's not my dream, you know what I'm saying like if i'm gonna get a job i'm gonna get a job in p r and i'm gonna be making more money than I'm gonna make in that you know what I'm saying like I'm just gonna go that route you know um but yeah, I think. I think if if it was like a thing to where like I knew I could just write like a just a, a script that was just gonna get me just a hundred thousand dollars to put towards my own film today tomorrow yeah I would write that script but it don't work that way that's kind of what I'm saying like it don't it's a lot it's a lot of um, red tape and they kind of bring you along bring you along bring you along and it's still possible the same it's like the same way uh, in sports where you have these these teams and they sign players and then they can just in the NFL, they they sign these players and they can just cut them at any time without paying them. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, would you rather, would you rather like hold out hope or like hope, you know, or would you rather just do what you know you can do and probably be more fulfilled by it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really the question. And so, um, no, I'm not stupid. You know what I'm saying? I ain't just like, oh like F y'all. Like it wasn't like that. It's more so like, okay, I'm not necessarily willing to put in the amount of time that you guys need, I mean that you guys want me to for a chance. A small chance. Because at the end of the day, like you understand, like I'm coming I'm I have no representation. Of course I have somebody in the system, but he's not the one reading the scripts. Right, you get what right, I'm saying? Right. Like he's not the one reading the scripts. It still has to go through chain of command, you know. So, like, I, and then I'm competing. I'm competing. When you're in that, you're competing with. Oh, you're competing so. Many. Yeah, you're competing with the. You're competing with people who write scripts every day who turn in the script. Yeah, in. You're competing day. with the. you yeah. competing with the with the people out of film school from like AFI and USC and all these other. Like, it's no way I can compete with a Ryan Cougar, not because. Not because I'm not as talented as Ryan Coogler. And I'm not saying I am as talented as Ryan Kugler. But what I'm saying is that Ryan Coogler has, comes from an infrastructure that builds, like, studio uh, juggernauts. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. came from USC. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was plucked from that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, he's an extremely talented dude. I think Fruitvale Station changed my life, you know? But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, okay, are we going to do that? Or are we going to do this you know because I I mean yeah I mean that's that's really what it is so that's 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 what it is I'm not I'm not just like on the like I'm not being a crazy bro I ain't stupid (laughs) if if the bag if the bag was in reach within reach then I would definitely grab the bag but the reality is you still compete you still are it's like would you it's like it's like as a as a father, because can you, a father, like, would you sacrifice? Yeah. Would you, would you possibly, would you like, would you like risk anything negative happening to your family for, at, just for a chance at something? You get what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. a chance, it's not a guarantee, you know? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like that. I've always been kind of um not anti Hollywood, but it, for me it's like okay, you know we, we talk about the lottery ticket and it's like I have a better chance like we're doing what we're doing already, do. making the content you know, um, and putting it out in front of our audience ourselves. And it's like, either way is a long road. Like, yeah. and I think people get it twisted. You look at it like, I'm about to make it, I'm about to make this film and get out there and get into Sundance or something, get picked up get in this. And the industry has changed drastically. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's not even how it works anymore. Really. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is so tough. Either way. I always say either way is difficult, but like, I'm a bet on myself it's just so much opportunity in so many ways to get in front and to create for like cheap next to nothing. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why go for, like you said, this lottery ticket, but then even if you get in there, you held up. Like, I didn't even know, man, I heard a story about Issa Rae. Like, you know, she, the other day, I heard this, her talk about insecure, not insecure, but her um, show Awkward Black Girl on YouTube. And then I, you know, and that kind of blew up, but then she had a chance to do something with, uh, I think Shonda Rhimes and Shondaland and then that that was held up and then fell through the cracks. And then like she HBO approached her by insecure. And then she was like, yo, that was like shelved for three years. And so I'm like, dang, what was she? I didn't. And I didn't know that. And so like to what you're saying, it's like, um, I don't know if she was still creating during those three years or if she was just kind of waiting. Um, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I've always kind of like, I'm, I want to do it myself. Like, and create myself and just have the control.
1: Yeah, people, I mean, people, some people just want to be in the industry, which I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that type of dude, to be honest. Like, I, Mm -hmm. like, I have, like, I don't think, like, I actually think personally, and this might sound kind of, kind of weird, but like, I think most, a lot of people I've met in the film industry are corny to me. Like they're cornballs. Like a lot of them are like uh, like I've met maybe maybe that might be a Michigan thing, but I've but I I'm actually no, no that's not a Michigan no, thing no. because no, my home no. my, my best friend lives out in LA and I remember I went out there, it's like every person I ran into told me about what they were working on, but nobody had anything that they're actually doing. Mm. They had <laughs> nothing that they could show you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's just like I feel like film is or like just the entertainment industry in general is, like, one of those industries where you got, like, a lot of people who are, like, lames for, like, a long time, but then they just, like, they now they can use a camera, so that empowers them to, like, treat people poorly and all that type stuff, you know? so
0: I think, man, there's so many hurt people and some people that got some deep-seated uh, insecurities yeah. and some I issues, don't and don't you come into this, like,
1: that's man. That's why I don't rock with too many people in there anyway. Yeah. So it's just like yeah. I don't like my goal isn't to be in this industry. And I know and and it's very difficult. I think that within itself becomes kinda even difficult for like my family and loved ones because that's the mm-hmm. only way that because that's the value that they place on it as well. And so like they don't really know it's hard for them to like really appreciate the journey because they don't really understand. I don't even think they can really fathom the why. So it's very, so like a lot of times when the people closest to you, they think that you just kind of just, it's just like a, you just doing it just to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of gotta and like, it, yeah. you just kind of just gotta keep chipping away at it. And um, got to, you know, and then once that first, you know, Because I I always feel like this. I feel like as black filmmakers, I feel like all you got to do is just get your feature done, you know, get your feature done in the right way. Don't spend too much money doing it, you know, off rip, you know, and just do it well. Like if you've proven that you can do shorts well, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, just prepare. Prepare as much as you can. I would say preparation is even more valuable than money at this level you know mm-hmm. prepare as much as you can and just get your feature done and once you get it done it's been proven that people literally will just watch your joint just because there's not many good movies out there mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you see that like yeah. i told you with i vow. like i knew that i vow was gonna do well i knew it was gonna mm-hmm. do well like regardless of whatever like if you thought i vow was the trashest thing ever if I like you could have shot IVOW on d, a DSLR, you could have shot on 5 d mm-hmm. Mark
2: III, and the mm-hmm. response
1: would have been the exact same. same. It would have been the exact yep. same.
2: Mm-hmm. You,
1: the quality is for us, like the quality and all the reds and black magics and resolve and all the windows and all that stuff. The general people aren't paying attention to that, they just want stuff to watch. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm
0: and enjoy the story the
1: story man yeah so that's that's kind of where my that's kind of I guess that's where I'm in a place where I'm kind of like frustrated right now like just with film because like I got these shorts that like everybody loves you know right like Mm -hmm. everybody's saying like Zach you're like an amazing filmmaker but I know that literally the only way I can actually like profit and benefit from it is to make a feature film but now with the quarantine, we're supposed to be in production for my first feature. And now it's just like, dang, like, cause I know, like, all I gotta do, all we gotta do is make this, this feature, cause I know we're gonna do it well. Like, that's not, that's never a concern. I know we're gonna do it well. And once we do it, like, that's when, like, even my family, because we can, cause, cause the feature is a product. You can sell a product, right. you can attach things right. to it, but you can't really monetize right. shorts. So at this point, like, I've been getting, like, the accolades and the praise, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself to, like, the economic aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? The only way you can do that is with features, at least from what I know. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's a whole nother conversation.
0: That's a whole nother conversation. Because even with, like, that's why I'm, like, kind of getting into short form content. Because it's, like, how can, because, you know, we talked about it like with the short films it's like or not so much short films but episodic it's like man you know if you can knock these things out quickly and you have so many pieces of content and how can you either build audience with that or monetize that or and you know there's but it's it's just um i'm just really interested in that form because features i mean it, it all takes a lot of work but man i think these last two years just i mean real talk like i i um when we talk about wanting to make films and being filmmakers, and we talk about some of the peoples that got, you know, they, they talking all this stuff and they ego driven and all this stuff, man, within this industry, like real talk. Sometimes I don't even want to, like, I I was joking. say I want to quit every week and not because I'm like lazy, but it's like, you got to go through so much to, to sometimes make something, man, dealing with people, um, dealing with just you know lack of resources at times or or just it just takes so much to get a piece out in front of people and it's tiring and i think um you know it's important to have people around you that that um that understand what the why is and everybody you know they, they may have different whys but you come together and know this is the bigger picture um and, and man, these last two years for me, cause I, I this, Brenda was my first feature before that I was done shorts, but the shorts were like fun time for me. You know what I'm saying? And then like I did. So I think when I really knew that I'm like, okay, I can do this was, uh, one of my short films called love positive. And I was like, okay, I think, you know what I'm saying? I think I can, I can do this thing. Like, um, th- that was decent. And then when, when they did Brenda, it was just like, oh wow! Brenda kind of caught me off guard, though. Like you know, the response to Brenda caught me off guard, and so and everything began to change. Um, and uh, and that's when you go back to to like you begin to see how like wow, man, like the spotlight kind of hit, you know. And so this is why I say, man, I don't, I don't even like, I, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable for me. Well,
1: because they don't, they don't understand the long game. You know what I'm saying? Yo, people yeah. don't understand the long game. So like like the thing is every single project that gets done just builds towards it builds the empire, right? Like because like so just say so just say we we drop a feature in a, like this fall, right? If that feature mm-hmm. is successful, everybody's gonna go back and look at all the stuff I did. All the yep. other stuff. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like so so like every every piece kind of builds just like brick by brick, you know what I'm saying? But they don't necessarily see that um, no. that that, that oh. kind of that those steps because they just see it as like oh I'm just doing it just to do it. But it's not. It's like mm-hmm. hey like I'm just I'm being consistent because what I've noticed is that consistency seems to pay off. And now yeah now now I'm to the point to where people are asking for a feature for me, which was Mm -hmm. different than three years ago. You know what I'm saying? We dropped three short films. You better run, you know, a little church right on. And then now it's like, okay, like he's pretty much done what he can do in the short film space. Now we need to see a feature. When you come out with a full movie, that's what they call it. That's what my homie called. When you doing a full movie, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm You
0: know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. No, it's it's a crazy fickle... Cause it's like, it's, it's kind of like the story you see it happen all the time, man. Like when people, you got an underdog and you kind of knew when you, you going up, you on the up and up people like, yeah. And then you hit this certain point and then it's like, people want to see, begin to see the, the, the demise. Sometimes I've, I've, I've kept myself at a certain place because I'm like, I don't want to deal with that, the, the, the outside, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, everything's all good. But and so my wife, she always say, "Why are you talking about don't? Why are you talking about that or even entertaining that?" And I think um, for me, it's just like I, you know, I've seen people in my family, I've seen stuff. That, when you got it, when you're coming from a good place and like you do stuff, and then um, you hit that point where the people want to see the demise or the people don't, like you say, they don't get it, they don't see, they don't understand what goes into it. Um, and then that's been a that's been a part of me that's kept me, I think, from. I may be further along. I don't know. Like I might be further along than where I am now, um, if I wasn't so concerned about that. And and I think uh, also just when I say I, I'm like, man, I don't, I, I want to quit every week. Almost it seem like that because of what it is. I, I I'm not like it's not like I want. I, I want to make films. I want to make content. I enjoy
1: it. Okay, so can so I ask you this? Let's, let's I would say this. And I'm saying this because you are contributing to the conversation quite a bit. And that's how about this? Like, I guess like what about actually like I guess why is that? Because I guess why why would you want to quit? Because I think 'cause I think that like so I used to have that issue where you say like you like I wanna quit like every every day. But I don't really run into that issue anymore. So I would say, like, why, like, because I think that all that comes back down to like, like, you know, te- the team, like, you know, what I'm saying? Right. I feel like if you're doing right. if you're doing everything or you doing too much, then, yeah, you probably gonna want to quit because you always tired. But like, for me, I yeah. look at it like this. Working with Charles, working with Don, um, potentially working with you, working with my wife. You know what I'm saying? Working with other with actors who I know who I've worked with continuously, I almost look at it like I can't quit because of them. Right. I don't want to quit. Like it makes me like Mm -hmm. they make me wanna keep doing it. You get Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 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 And
2: I, I can't speak for I can't speak for anybody else, but I wouldn't I wouldn't let you quit. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to the Life Beyond the Lens podcast. Please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next week.